Welcome to the ministry of Mercy Seat Ministries and evangelist Pat and Karen Jackson. We believe that the message you are about to hear will mightily change your life. Open your heart, mind, and spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to move in you. We must declare it to the next generation. You're Jeremy, is that right? I know your dad and I know your mother. I don't know if we've met each other before, but uh, Jeremy Sailors, the Lord just wants you to simply know that your name has purpose and meaning. That you're going to raise up, not Jeremy's, but Jeremiah's, that will sail the seas and weep over nations. Those are going to be your sons and those are going to be your daughters. And they will move with the wind that the Lord gives them. Amen. Keep weeping, brother. Well, it's an honor to be here this morning. I'm here basically out of relationship. That's absolutely the reason I'm here. Uh, Pastor Pat and I and Karen and Gretchen and I, and we all have a relationship that is totally built just on the spirit and on the kingdom. We don't have to call each other uh, once a week or connect with one another, but when we do, we know it's the right time of the Lord and it's a, it's a kingdom uh, moment there. And it's an honor just to be here and to be involved with what has taken place and uh shared with pastor pat last night uh, the lord just dropped something a strand prophetically in my spirit of what's going to carry us into um the the next season the next time of what's going on and it's very brief and so i just want to encourage you with the words that jesus said he said uh, he that has ear let him hear have you all ever heard that statement before have you ever noticed that he said that after he preached at the end of his parables he said he that hath ear let him hear but you know in our our culture we'd say excuse me can i have your attention please would everybody please be seated, listen, you know, we, we try to get everybody's attention. Just like Brother Manny here, the call of God, when the phone rings, what do we do? That lets us know it's time to pay attention. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's just time to pay attention, right? Because somebody has something to say. Are you with me? But Jesus said it afterwards. Reason being is because now he's speaking to your spiritual ear. You've heard the preacher preach. You're not going to remember everything that Glenn Bertos said. You're not going to remember everything that George Sawyer said. You're not going to remember everything that Pat Schatzline said. You're not going to remember everything that each one of the speakers spoke. But now the Holy Spirit wants you to hear what he's saying to you. And it's time to cultivate a deeper understanding and a deeper hearing. God is trying to give us everything it takes to unlock the spiritual gifting that is inside of us. He's given to everyone a measure of faith and it's to appropriate what the Spirit really has for us. Are you with me? In Mark chapter 11, real quick, it says this. Now the next day. You see, I want to talk about the next day. I don't want to talk about yesterday. I don't want to be a church of what, a historical church always talking about what God did. Or oh, I don't even want to be the church that's always talking about what he's going to do in a few years from now. But what is he doing in the now in our life, in the present? But he said the next day, when they had come out of Bethany, he was hungry. It's speaking of Jesus. I want you to capture this concept. Jesus is hungry. Just like you and I say, I hunger for you, I thirst for you, we are nothing but a reflection of the heart of God. And Jesus hungers also. Jesus, the same one who said, if anybody's hungry, if anybody's thirsty, he's living just like you and I as preachers are. We're only living out of our experience, amen? We're living out of our encounter. He had experienced hunger for God. He had experienced thirst, and he knew that that is what the people that he's speaking to needed. I want you to know something. As hungry as you are right now, tomorrow Jesus is going to be hungry for you. He just left the triumphal entry, coming in where people are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're worshiping him. And Jesus has been filled up this week in this conference of our worship, of our adoration, of our, our, our praise to him. But tomorrow he's going to be hungry. He's going to be looking for those who are going to rise up tomorrow morning when there is no conference. 
He's going to be looking for those that will rise up on a Tuesday morning when there is no youth service at night. There is no church service at night. When there's an empty Sunday, will you worship him and prepare yourself as if you're preaching even though you had nowhere to go? Jesus is hungry. And seeing from afar, he saw a fig tree. Now I have to back away from the word of God a little bit because I'm addicted to it. I don't know about you. But man, I start getting it and I just can't get away from it. But he sees from afar. So I'm going to tell you the story. Jesus sees a fig tree from afar and he comes out. Remember, he's hungry. And so he, he said, it said that he started going towards the fig tree. I want you to picture yourself with me just a second as a fig tree. You and I, the fig trees, the planting of the Lord. We're not righteous oaks yet. Come on, there's not anybody that's that righteous yet, is there? I don't live in that positional righteousness. I'm in that transitional state and want to come to the victorious state. Romans 6, 7, and 8. Amen? And so there he is. He starts going towards the fig tree. Tomorrow, Jesus is going to rise up hungry looking for you. And he starts walking out and he goes towards that expecting. Jesus has an expectation. Jesus is looking for something to happen in your life. And so he gets to the fig tree and hoping, expecting, perhaps, just maybe, there'll be something on it. It, did, it didn't say that there'd be figs on it. There'd be something on it. I want to ask you tomorrow, are you going to be able to be in the morning when Jesus rises up, when Jesus uh, awakens for praise? I know he doesn't sleep or slumber, I understand. But as he starts to approach you, is there going to be something on you? Is anything going to remain or is it just going to be another conference from last year? Looking for the next one. He's looking for what he's imparted on us, what he's produced. He's looking for some fruitfulness. He's hungry. And so he comes up towards a fig tree. Perhaps there's something on it. That leads me to believe that there's a possibility there could be or could not be. And so as he gets to that, he finds nothing but leaves. Nothing but leaves. And then he responds to the fig tree. He didn't react. To react means he'd reoccur something that he did before they'd already expected, but he responds. To respond means to, to spawn is the word that we get the word sponsor from. Jesus has already sponsored this fig tree. He's sponsoring you right now, just like you want people to sow money into your ministry or to support you as leaders or whatever, to build you up, to sponsor what you're doing. Jesus has already sponsored us. This week he's sponsoring, he's, 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 de- he's imparting into us, he's depositing into us something that he expects to have some fruit out of tomorrow and next year amen and he gets there and he responds to it and this is what he said he said uh, let no one eat fruit from you ever again and his disciples heard it I believe he did this and he allowed his disciples to hear this he didn't interact with him said what do you guys think of this what do you it's not they didn't confer with flesh and blood it's a spiritual matter And he said, let no one ever eat fruit from you again. This is the first thing I want to say to you. I really believe the Lord dropped in my spirit that if we can't feed him, we won't feed anybody else. It said that Jesus called to himself, his disciples, and gave them power over unclean spirits. And we jump on that wanting to have power over unclean spirits. But the ultimate passage in there is that he called them to himself. Our relationship with Christ. We have something to feed him with. You know, back it said, perhaps there'd be some fruit on there. He got there's nothing but leaves. And then there's this little catchphrase in there. It's almost like we'd use it to justify or to make an excuse. And it says, it wasn't fig season. So what does that say to you and I? Well, it wasn't fig season. So, I mean, why should he expect anything to be there? 
It's not Wednesday night. It's not Sunday morning. Why should he expect anything to be there? Instant, in season, and out of season. His approaching ought to stir something and draw something out of us. His hunger ought to, just relationship with him ought to stir something to produce something, a peaceful fruit of righteousness, uh, fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit ought to come out of us. When Jesus is approaching, there ought to be love, there ought to be joy, there ought to be, come on. There's a lot of other fruits, amen? But also it declares something that uh, Patty was speaking about last night. I've never met her before. But I listen closely, the supernatural. Because a fig could only show up supernaturally if it were out of season. I think Jesus is expecting, come on. I think Jesus is expecting the supernatural to come out of you. I think Jesus is expecting you to realize that he's coming looking for a product out of you, a producing out of you uh, that's going to be out of season, not always in season, but out of season, and it's going to be supernatural. Matter of fact, I don't know if anybody ever went back and made the connection last night and gave ear to hear what she was saying, but if you went to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, that's where Paul's talking to his sons. She's the only one that didn't really say a whole lot about the fathering and the sons, and everybody else has been saying that she comes and talks about the supernatural, but it's totally connected to a father to his sons. He said, imitate me, my little children. And then he takes them into the kingdom life. Two minutes. Watch this. Later on, Jesus goes in and cleans out the temple and does all this stuff. And verse 21 says, And Peter remembering, they saw the fig tree, and it said, Peter remembering. Peter comes out, it's 24 hours later, he looks at the, key, the fig tree, and he goes, Oh, wow. And he goes, Look, Rabbi. As if Jesus had forgotten. Friends, Jesus has not forgotten your calling nor your anointing. They're irrevocable. Your giftings, your calling, it's all there. He hasn't forgotten it. But what points this out to me is that Peter had forgotten, obviously, or something had been de deactivated. And you know, as soon as this conference is over, you're going to get back into life. You're going to get on that airplane. You're going to get in your van. You're going to go get in your car. You're going to start moving on. You're going to get back to your church, your ministry, and you're going to be like, oh, wow, it's not this big. Oh, wow, where's Pastor Pat? Where's the rest of the people? And all of a sudden, you're going to forget what he has spoken to you. That's the danger. Now, I want to point something out. It seems a little harsh just to curse a fig tree and cause it to die at its roots. I got emails after emails with all of our missions works that we did in New Orleans. And when Isaac was coming towards New Orleans decadence weekend, do you believe that God is judging New Orleans and the homosexual community and everything? And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Judgment means it's over. No, 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 no. And just because they're homosexual doesn't mean God's judging them. God deals with fruit. What this man preached on. You know why they're homosexuals? Because their daddies weren't fathers. And that's who God's going to deal with. Not with them. We need to deal with the root, not the fruit. We got we to learn how to deal with things in the generation past that produce where we are today. But if we just deal with the fruit... Friends, we're just going to have trees with no leaves, with just leaves. We're going we're gonna to rake everything off. See, Patty's fruit was these abused children that she became a mother and a father to. And now they're good fruit. That's how you deal with the fruit. You turn it into something, not out of something. Come on. 
And so here, why Jesus is dealing with this fig tree, I told you, he responded, not reacted. I want to encourage you to get this in your spirit. Do not react, but respond. You know what fig tree I believe this is? The same fig tree that Jesus showed up on a year earlier, and he said, there's no fruit on it. And a man came running out. He said, whoa, 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 don't curse it. Remember it? Don't, don't curse it. Wait a second. Let me dig up around it. Let me get to the root system. Let me go a little bit deeper to the foundation where things are messed up. Let me get to the root and let me fertilize it. Let me take all the dung that my pastors give me and that parents are giving me and that other people are giving me and let me put it in there and nurture it. Let me put it in there and fertilize it. And when you come back next year, there'll be fruit on it. I got a funny feeling Jesus came back a year later. He looked over and said, oh, there's that fig tree. And I got a funny feeling, this is it, that a year from now, by this time next year, remember what the prophet said to the Shumanite woman? He said, about this time next year, 2 Kings 4, 21, said, about this time next year, you're going to embrace a son, fruit. She said, don't you lie to me. And I think some of us had that in our spirit last night. When we're starting to get close to the supernatural, we're saying, don't lie to me. Am I really called to the supernatural? Isn't it just about the man of the hour with faith and power? Isn't it just about these people that have already gone? But no, no, no. He's going to cause you. This time next year, you ought to be a different person. This time next year when he shows up in your life, you mark it down in your calendar somewhere. This time next year, not going to legacy again and getting there and being the same person you were here this year. Leave it that the king, that the man of God had no name because he didn't live it out. I believe he could have been greater than Isaiah. I believe he could have been greater than any of those guys. I really believe it. He was destined for it. But, but he was told, don't you leave here the same way you came here. Don't eat their bread. Don't drink their water. But don't you leave here the same way you came here. That's what God's saying to you this morning. That's what God is saying to us this morning. That is what God is doing in the midst of us this morning. Don't leave here the same way. By this time next year, when Jesus shows up, there ought to be some fruit in our life. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you for listening. We pray that this word would sit in your spirit and transform you. For more information or to become a covenant partner with Mercy Seat Ministries and Evangelist Pat Karen Chatsline, you can log on to www.mercyseatministries.com.